I knew I should have taken it. Let's clean up Albuquerque. There are lots of different options available. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. This time we're talking about more current stories than stuff that happened when I was a kid. I wanted to go that way this week because I am realizing in recent years dreams that I had for myself when I was a kid. And these dreams are about places to go, things to see. That was a thing that was important to me as a kid. I would imagine these places that would be incredible to see. And I always thought, well, one day I'll get there. Fortunately, I'm in a position now in my life where I can actually get to some of these places, and it's incredible. And I want to tell you about those places, and I want to give you this information so that whatever dreams you have, it's possible. You never know how things are going to shake out in your life. You never know what doors are going to open. You're never going to know what opportunities you have. You cannot predict that when you're 25 or 35. You don't know what road you're going to go down. So whatever dreams you have, whether it's travel or things to do or places to go or people to see, don't give up on those dreams because they can happen. I also throw in the caveat, don't be stupid. (laughs) It's easy to get caught up in the dreams like, I'm going to spend all my money on lottery tickets and hit the lottery. That's probably not the dream to pursue. What I'm talking about is dreams that are attainable. Don't think that you can't get there. Be positive. You can get there. Now, the dreams that I'm talking about for me are places to go. When I was a kid, there was a couple of places that I really wanted to go. One was Mount Rushmore. The other was the Grand Canyon. Now, Mount Rushmore was one of those dreams that came to me from a movie. My mother always loved the movie North by Northwest. It's a Hitchcock film. It's really a good film, by the way, if you've never seen it. But the closing sequence in that movie takes place at Mount Rushmore. We saw that movie a few times because they aired it a lot on television when I was a kid. And I saw Mount Rushmore and I said, wow, that's an incredible place to see. And then I saw a couple of documentaries on it. And it was the brainchild of of an immigrant to the United States who wanted to pay tribute to what he perceived as great Americans. Now, I'm sure you know the four presidents on Mount Rushmore. It's Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, and Roosevelt. Those are the presidents he chose to depict in his giant sculpture. So I thought it was an interesting tale, and I always wanted to go see what it looked like. But when I was young, I learned that Mount Rushmore is in South Dakota. South Dakota is a long way from New Jersey. South Dakota is a long way from any place I would ever imagine going. So when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, when I was in my 30s, I was thinking, "Uh, you know, I would love to see it, but it's going to take a trip. We're going to have to go all the way out. Uh, How am I ever going to see Mount Rushmore? So it was one of those trips that I put off. I filed it away in the back of my head. And I said to myself, well, maybe someday. But I never thought I'd get there. Circumstances changed in my life over the years. Things happened Relationships ended, relationships began, things changed. I wound up meeting Mrs. Gamer Dude, and what are the odds her brother moved to South Dakota more than 20 years ago and has been living out there since? Now, she doesn't go out to visit him very often because South Dakota's a long way. And he lives in a small town in the middle of South Dakota. He doesn't live in a big city like Sioux Falls or Rapid City. He's in a little tiny town in the middle of South Dakota. The closest airport which is one of those small municipal-type airports, is 30 miles from his house. 
So he's in the middle of nowhere. So she doesn't go visit very often. But a couple of years back, she said, we, we need to go visit my brother. I haven't seen him for a while. And I said, okay, let's go. And then I brought it up. I said, by the way, do you mind if we take a side trip to Mount Rushmore? Because I've never seen it. Now, she's seen it because she's been out to South Dakota before, but she was all on board. She said, sure, let's go. So I plotted the trip. I figured out how to get there from where my brother-in-law lives. It's a five-hour drive from where he lives. That's how big South Dakota is. The speed limits out there are 70 miles an hour, and it's still a five-hour drive. And I had no idea, coming from the East Coast, a five-hour drive, we can still go about, oh, 120 miles. (laughs) It takes five hours to do that sometimes, depending on Memorial Day traffic on the Garden State Parkway. Five hours in South Dakota is 70 miles an hour, five hours straight, 350 miles. That's five hours in South Dakota. But she was all on board. She said, yeah, I want you to see it. It's something you want to see. Let's go. And I'll never forget driving up towards the Black Hills. I hadn't really seen mountains like the mountains out there before. We have a mountain near where I live, but it's like a thousand feet. It's not really a mountain. It's an East Coast mountain. It's not a real mountain. (laughs) It's mountain-ish. So seeing the mountains out there was quite a revelation just by itself. But they have a winding road that goes up to Mount Rushmore. And as you go around the bends as you approach the mountain, you get your first view of Mount Rushmore. And it just hit me. It's like, oh my God, it's right there. And I immediately pulled over. I wasn't the only one to do it, don't get me wrong. There was a dozen cars pulling over on the side of the road at the same time to catch their first glimpse of Mount Rushmore. And it was unbelievable. I was still a good distance away from it, but it was unbelievable that I was that close to seeing Mount Rushmore, the place that I'd always thought I'd never get to, but I really wanted to. And I wore Mrs. Gamer Dude out with all the pictures that I took from that vantage point. Then we drove up to the entrance to the park, got to the park, And you can wander around and you can look at it and you can see it from different angles. And I took pictures from every single one. And it was amazing to me as we got closer to it. You see it, you don't appreciate it in pictures the way you appreciate it in person. It's huge, first of all. You can't get close to it, but you can tell from where you are, it's huge. One of the little things that I remember about it, seeing it in person, that I never realized or noticed... Because it's a sculpture in stone, they obviously have to chip away stones to make the sculpture look right. All of those chips are at the base of the mountain that Mount Rushmore is on. So as you look at the faces, if you let your eyes go down to the bottom of the mountain, all of the chips, all of the scraps, all of the residue from the sculpture is there. They didn't clean it. It's just rock. Of course, it's just rock. But I didn't realize how much rock there was. It's piles and piles of rock that they chipped away. But it was amazing to me to finally, number one, see something that I'd always wanted to see. See something that was a tribute to patriotism, which is always important to me. And see something that was such a huge passion project for the sculptor himself, who I came to learn didn't survive to see it finished. So there was a little melancholy feel to seeing the sculpture that the artist never got a chance to see complete. But it was amazing. One of the things we also got to do is you leave the park, there's roads that take you to the nearby towns. And there's one road, which of course I found, because I find these things. That's what I do. I found one of the roads, not that it's hard, but one of the roads that goes along next to the monument. You can actually get a picture of the profile of George Washington. His is the face that sticks out furthest on the sculpture. So as you're going down this one road, if you stop, 
you see Washington's profile above your head. It's huge. And naturally, I have pictures of that, too. I have pictures of everything out there. I loved that trip. It was great. As a kind of a bonus side trip for Mount Rushmore, we came home through the Badlands, which I'd always heard about. I used to read Westerns when I was younger, and they were always talking about trips through the Badlands. So I said, of course we have to go see the Badlands. Took us about two hours to get through the Badlands because I was stopping every five feet for another set of pictures. Wait, wait, we gotta get this land. Wait, wait, there's a prairie dog. Wait, wait, look at the bison. Yes, I did walk across a field trying to get a picture of a bison because, number one, I never thought I'd see one. And number two, he was just lying there. I figured I could outrun a lazy bison if he decided to get up and chase me. As I got closer and closer, I said, you know, maybe I can't outrun a lazy bison. So I got probably within 100 yards, snapped off a couple pictures, and then decided discretion is the better part of valor. And I decided to go back to the car. But I do have my bison pictures. But the landscape out there, it's unbelievable. The colors and the patterns of the stones, and it's just crazy. You drive along the road and you have these chasms and these rock breaks and these mountains with different colors, and it's just unbelievable to see. And yeah, I like to look at scenery. I like to look at the beauty of nature. I like to look at things that I've never seen before, and I like to wonder in them. And the Badlands was a great place to do that. So Mount Rushmore and the Badlands was one of those places that I never thought that I'd ever see. The other one, the Grand Canyon. And I'm talking about the Grand Canyon, especially this week, because it's fresh in my mind. We just were out there. Now, for those who don't know, there are actually three places you can visit what they call the Grand Canyon. It's a huge canyon. It goes on for miles and miles. The National Park Service takes care of what they call the North Rim and the South Rim. And then there's the West Rim, which is taken care of and administered by a tribe of Native Americans. And I know I'm going to butcher the name, but it's Hualapai, I believe. They said it a few times while we were out there. I believe it's called the Wallapai tribe, and they take care of that edge of the Grand Canyon. We visited the Grand Canyon West Rim when we were on our recent trip to Las Vegas, and I'll talk about Vegas in a few minutes, but the Grand Canyon is the thing that I really went for. One of the things that I've seen over the years is what they call the Skywalk, which is a walkway that extends out over the opening that is the Grand Canyon. And you can look through the floor of the Skywalk and look straight down into the canyon. And I thought that would be such a cool thing to experience. So when I found that the Skywalk was at the West Rim, I wanted to go to the West Rim. I wanted to see that. So the West Rim is about a two-hour drive from Las Vegas. And I decided, with Mrs. Gamer Dude's blessing, that we would go check it out. And as part of the trip out, we also stopped at the Hoover Dam. The Hoover Dam, by the way, also a really cool thing to see. I'd read the stories about the Hoover Dam. I'd seen it in movies. So I really wanted to see the Hoover Dam. And I thought that it was an impressive thing to see. It wasn't up there on my list of things like Mount Rushmore or the Grand Canyon. But I did want to see it. So we worked that in to our trip to the Grand Canyon. It's really not hard to do. It's only about an hour to Hoover Dam and then another hour to the West Rim. So we were able to do it all in one day. So we stopped at the Hoover Dam, looked around, walked across the dam, got to drive across the dam, used up all our dam jokes on the whole trip. Then we stopped at a place called Boulder City, which was kind of on the way to the Grand Canyon. We had to eat. You know, you got to eat. Now, all of the tour guides that I'd read said, make sure you get there early. You want to beat the crowds. Make sure you get to the West Rim before it fills up with all the tourists. But I've developed this philosophy on vacation when we travel. We're going to do things on our time. If things work out, they work out. If they don't, they don't. More often than not, they work out. So we didn't leave for the Hoover Dam at the crack of dawn. 
We didn't rush while we were walking around the Hoover Dam. We decided to stop for lunch in Boulder City. Boulder City, by the way, also a cool little place. We learned a little history about that. Boulder City is the city that developed as a result of all the workers living out there to work on the Hoover Dam. Boulder City is where their family stayed, and then they would travel up to work on the Hoover Dam and then come back to Boulder City. So we stopped there for lunch, had a great lunch, and then it's getting late in the day and we decided, well, it's not too late, let's head out to the Grand Canyon. We wanted to come out here anyway, so let's go. The drive from Boulder City is through some of the most remote and mountainous country that I've ever been in, and it's not really that remote or that mountainous, but it was just amazing to me how open the country was. I'm used to the East Coast. I'm used to houses every 10 feet, little neighborhoods jammed together, no open space. If you have an acre of land without anything on it, that's a rarity. We have some big farmland in the western part of New Jersey, but it's nothing compared to the open spaces in Nevada, in Arizona. You could look out and see the horizon and not a living soul. And it was mind-blowing to me because I'm so used to people, cars, trucks, houses, stores, everywhere. As we drove through Arizona to get to the canyon, there's a whole lot of nothing, which was amazing to see just by itself. Just a whole lot of nothing. I'm not used to that. And you can develop an appreciation for how independent people are, especially in the West, because if you decide to build a house out there, you're on your own a lot. We drove for miles and miles and didn't see a supermarket, a convenience store, a fast food restaurant, and anything. We drove through a couple of towns and there was a convenience store and a gas station, and that was it. So we're driving through miles and miles of open country. And we finally get to the reservation and they have a really nice system set up. Everybody parks in the same spot and then they have tour buses. And the tour buses take you from point A to the Skywalk, which is Eagle Point, then to Guano Point, and then to the ranch where you can visit a gift shop and eat dinner at a restaurant if you want to. So we bought our tickets and I wanted to do the Skywalk. And of course, the Skywalk is extra charge, but I don't care because it's cool. We're there. We might not ever get back. So I wanted to do it. Now, on our approach to the reservation itself, you could see the mountains, you could see the hills, but you don't get a hint of the fact that the Grand Canyon is right there. It's not like they hide it or anything. It's just the country is so mountainous out there. You can't tell where the Grand Canyon is going to be until, boom, there it is. And that's kind of the way this went. We hopped in the tour bus, drove us out to Eagle Point, opens the door and lets us out. You can see the little building where the skywalk extends out into space. But before I even got there, you can walk up literally to the edge of the canyon. And as you approach it, it's about 100 yards from where the bus leaves you to the edge of the canyon. And as you approach the canyon, it just expands and expands and expands in front of you. And I wish that I had the words to explain how it made me feel. I like to think that I can talk about anything. I like to think that I can explain anything. I like to think that I can describe anything so that you can appreciate what I saw and what I felt. And in the days that have gone by since I saw the Grand Canyon, I still cannot find the words to explain to you how moving the sight of this thing was. I joke and say, yeah, it's a big hole in the ground. And yeah, it's a big hole in the ground. But the immensity of it, the depth of it, the width of it, the power of nature that it exhibits, the majesty of it. As I sit here trying to describe it, 
it brings back the emotions in my heart and in my soul. It's not often that I say something touched my soul, but the sight of this Grand Canyon, the sight of this majesty brought me to the edge of tears and I can't explain why. Was it the colors? Was it the immensity of it? I don't know why it moved me so much. But of all of the things that I've seen in this world, walking up to the edge of the Grand Canyon was one of the most moving things that I've ever experienced in my life. And I know that may sound weird or dumb or unreasonable to some people. And I know there's people who go to the Grand Canyon and pull the Clark Griswold and go, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, holding ground. Okay, what's next? But for me, just walking out there, I just wanted to sit there and look. I just wanted to sit there and experience it. There was something about it that just filled me with something. And I've seen redwood trees in my life. I've seen deep natural forests. I've been on hills. I've been in the Badlands. I've been places. But there was something about the Grand Canyon that just touched me in ways that I can't explain, ways that I don't understand, but ways that I'll never forget. It is the most naturally beautiful place that I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if that's enough to make you want to go, but I urge you to take the opportunity to go to the Grand Canyon if you ever get the chance. And don't go just to look and say, yep, it's a hole in the ground. It is something special, man. It is something special. You go with an open mind. You go with an appreciation of the fact that this is a river that made a hole in the ground that is millions of years old. And then you see the immensity of the place. I think that's the thing that's the most impressive. The immensity of the place. From as far as you can see to your left, And as far as you can see to your right, it's Grand Canyon. And it was simply amazing. As you can tell, I could wax poetic about it for (laughs) for a while. But I run out of adjectives. The words just aren't there to explain it all. We did other things on our trip to Vegas, too. We went to Red Rock Canyon, which is on the other side of Vegas. When I say the other side, if you go east out of Las Vegas, you get to the Grand Canyon. If you go west out of Las Vegas, you get to the Red Rock Canyon. So we spent a day in the Red Rock Canyon as well, which is a different kind of canyon. It's not as deep. It's not as immense. But the colors and the land formations and the immensity of that place, too, that was quite impressive as well. And, of course, we spent time in Vegas going to the casinos. I've discovered as I've gotten older that I don't like the casinos as much as I thought that I would when I was a kid. When I was much younger, I went to Atlantic City a few times, and I did some gambling, but It's very hard for me to gamble. I don't get enjoyment out of throwing my money into the slot machines or onto the gaming tables. I learned how to play craps. I've always known how to play blackjack, so I've played them both in the casinos. I've won a little. I've lost a little. I wouldn't say I've broken even, but it's pretty close. But it's just painful to me sometimes when I think about, well, I put 50 bucks on the table. I could use that 50 bucks for a new shirt, a new pair of shoes, a nice dinner out, tickets to a show, a new video game. Do I get enjoyment out of throwing $50 onto the craps table? Not really. So we hit some of the casinos, and the thing I've learned about the casinos is once you get inside the building, they're all the same. And they all charge you the same, so they just want you to throw your money at them. And since I'm not a big fan of that, we didn't get a lot of enjoyment out of going to the casinos. 
So then Vegas comes down to which place do you want to stay? And you have everything in Vegas. You have the high-end stuff, the Bellagio. You've got the low-end stuff, Travelodge. And you've got the middle-of-the-road stuff, which is, you know, Planet Hollywood. place we stayed was called Sam's Town, which is just off the Strip. What it depends on is, I guess, what atmosphere you want, how much money you have to spend, and what shows you want to be close to. Here's your Vegas tip. You can get anywhere in Vegas in 20 minutes. For me, that's nothing. 20-minute drive to get wherever? Piece of cake. We were staying off the Strip at Sam's Town, 20-minute drive to the Strip. They also had shuttle buses, so we could take a shuttle bus. And we could go to any show. So I couldn't see spending money on a big-name casino when we don't care about the casino, we don't care about the gambling. We just needed a bed and a restaurant. And that's what we got. So Vegas is definitely something to see. We drove down the Strip at night. We saw the lights. We saw the neon. We saw the crazy people. There's a thing called the Fremont Street Experience, which is a refurbished area of the original downtown where the casinos used to be in Vegas. So they've preserved some of the old signs from back in the days of old Vegas when Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., all those guys, the Rat Pack, were frequenting Vegas all of the time. It's a crazy place. It's definitely worth seeing. And 20 years ago, I would have said, let's go. Liquor, dancing, girls, boys, all scantily dressed. What more can you ask for? As I've gotten older, there's a lot more I can ask for. But back in my 20s and 30s, I might have looked at it differently. As I look at it now, I have the old get off my lawn philosophy. All right. Good to see. Time to go to bed. Get my slippers. The last thing I'll mention about our Vegas trip is we did catch a show. We have to catch a show when we're in Vegas, right? We debated and debated what show to catch. People said, go to Absinthe. People said, go to Ka. There's a lot of high-end, high-ticket price shows out there. Even if you get discount tickets, some of the tickets still are more than $100 per person. And I know I talk about money. You know, money is important, and I don't like to throw it around. So if you're going to charge me 100 bucks a seat per person... Boy, there better be more than a show going on. You better be feeding me, playing me with alcohol. None of that was happening at any of those high-priced shows. So we ultimately decided, let's go check out the zombie burlesque show. Why not? It was different. You're not going to see that on Broadway anywhere. You're not going to see that at Bucks County Playhouse. You're not going to see that at the Paper Mill Playhouse. No community theater is going to do zombie burlesque. Let's go check it out. So we got tickets for zombie burlesque and we were able to get third row seats. Now, I know a burlesque show involves showing a lot of skin. I just didn't quite realize how much skin. And neither did Mrs. Gamer Dude. Perhaps the best line of the night came from the host of the burlesque show who singled me out of the crowd because I'm a dad sitting on the aisle in the third row. And he commented on the fact that there's nothing like a family going to the titty show together. It was quite the experience. But I guess that's a recommendation I'll make if you ever go to Vegas and want to see a show. Yeah, you can see the the top-of-the-line show. Sure, go ahead. Go see Michael Jackson 1. Go see Absinthe. We had such a good time at the zombie burlesque show. It was funny. It was bawdy. It was rude, crude, and socially unacceptable. And everything I love about live performances. So if you're going to go, go a little left to center. There's a lot to be said for that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate your support. Thank you for taking the time just to be here. Until next time, you take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.